Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the SI Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Traina. Thank you for listening. Excellent show for you this week. We've got Jim Nance from CBS. Just made a big announcement that this will be his last year doing the NCAA tournament. Ian Eagle then takes over as the lead voice of the tournament for CBS Turner. So we uh, discussed that with Jim and what went into his decision and what the tournament means to him. And a lot of NFL talk as well with Jim Nance, obviously since he's the lead voice for the NFL on CBS. And then we have Sal Akata for our weekly Train of Thoughts segment following the interview with Nance. Before we get to all of it, if you missed any recent episodes of the SI Media podcast, go into the archives and check them out. John O'Ran from Sports Business Journal was on last week for our uh, usual potpourri of going through some sports media news items. Chris Mad Dog Russo in the Radio Hall of Fame now two weeks ago. Dan Lebitard three weeks ago. So check those out. Subscribe to the pod. Leave a review on Apple and a rating, and uh, we'll, re- we'll read it during a Train of Thought segment on one of the uh, upcoming podcasts. So that's uh, your assignment. Subscribe, rate, and review. All right, let's get to this week's show. Jim Nance followed by Train of Thoughts right here on the SI Media Podcast. All right, joining me now, hasn't been on in a while, but had some big news last week, so perfect time to chat with him. Plus, we're in the middle of the NFL season. Lead voice of the NFL on CBS, Jim Nance. Jim, how are you? Hello, friend. Great to be back with you, Jimmy. I've been waiting for that invitation. I kept going up even to the mailbox thinking maybe you sent a letter. But here we are, and uh, we got a lot to talk about. I'm looking forward to we it. We do. Wanted to get you you know, a little bit into the season here, so we have more to talk about. I am, uh, full disclosure, wearing a three-quarter zip that Jim had sent me a while ago. Now, tell me if this is a bad faux pas. Unlike you and Peyton, 
I don't love doing the collared shirt under the three-quarter zip. I like doing a T-shirt under the three-quarter zip. Is that bad? No. I think it works. I think that uh, you are officially a fashionista. I don't know if anybody's ever accused you of that before, but (laughs) you're wearing it well. It looks good. And uh, yeah. Do you have any kind of uh, clothing endorsement deal uh, in the works? Because I can try to help. I don't, but I wish I did. Although, you know, working from home now, I think, you know, working from home every day, there's no more Sports Illustrated offices. It would be like Adidas and Nike would be my top designers for sure. A lot of sweats, a lot of hoodies. Well, listen, uh, <laughs> well, what, what, whatever you want, um, we can get more of those that you're in right now because I like the look. I, I like the uh, zipper pull. Yep. I actually know someone who helped design that. And um, yeah, it's looking very stylish. So I'm, I'm stoked. I feel like Peyton has taken your title as king of the quarter. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, Eli too, by the way, uh, they're, they're quarter zip specialists. So yeah, I pretty much, you know, I live in one of these things. So I've got the yeah. same kind of look you've got right here. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to get my zipper height to be about matched up with yours. We're good. <laughs> there we go. So obviously the, there was the big news last week with the tournament. Let's start with the NFL and then we'll go to the tournament just because sure. we're knee deep in the season. You know, I, you love looking at the schedule. I love looking at the schedule. So I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things, but I, I, I found it interesting the week I have you on now, you're in one of these flex games this week where you have Rams bucks. I, I still don't understand why that's a CBS game and not a Fox game, but this Sunday that's your 425 game. Um, curious, this will be the first game of Brady post his divorce announcement. Is that something you have to prepare on how you cover it? You leave it alone completely. You touch on it a little bit. I mean, that's, it's like not really something that's football related, but in a way it is, he addressed it on his Sirius XM show. So is that something you've got to be, is that like the top? I don't say the priority, but is that what you have to navigate the most, the most difficult thing to navigate this week when you have the bucks in his first uh, game, you know, on this is going to sound strange. We haven't had a meeting yet about how we're going to get on the air, what we're going to discuss on the air this week. And that story has been hovering throughout the season. I've watched the games and haven't really heard anyone address it. So, uh, I kind of feel like that's out of bounds. Uh, it's his personal life. Yeah. Uh, Tom's a friend. I wish him well and his family well. And that's not something really, I'm going to be there to cover a football game. So I want to be respectful. I know he addressed it with Jim Gray. That's a a remarkable, that's a remarkable, uh, for me, must listen every week, uh, their, their let's go podcast. But yeah, I, I don't know. We'll talk about it when we get to Tampa. I'm getting in a little early this week and, uh, We'll discuss it, but you know, I want to talk about the game. Yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with the reason why the Bucks right now are three and five. I think, you know, that's well, what we're going to focus on. Yeah, well, that's what's strange about it. I mean, obviously, you know, listen, you have your tabloids like the New York Post, who have for them it's a frenzy. But I have seen legitimate football people with the take, and I don't think it's that out of bounds that when you're going through something so stressful in your personal life, it can affect you on the field. So I, I don't think that's a completely invalid take, no, but it's also a very delicate, delicate matter, obviously. 
Well, you know, something, first off, I'd like to talk to Jim Rickoff about it. And uh, he's our, our producer as we're sitting here right now. Today is uh, his birthday. So happy birthday, Jim. And Monday is kind of our day just to go home and drop out of the world a little bit. So I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, and I haven't spoken to Tony about it either. So uh, Tony's uh, fresh off a very big uh, Halloween family uh, festival last night. Uh, Candace drove uh, dressed up as Tony. Did you see pictures of this? They I did not see that. Okay. I did not. Well, That's I half one. want to like show you, but I think that would yeah. be violating his privacy. He yeah. dressed up as Candace. And like Candace grows, dressed up as Tony with a CBS blazer and all. So really good stuff. Really fun stuff That's out of the one. Romos last night. So, again, I don't want to tell you, sit here and say, this is how we're going to handle it. You know, right. we, we've got plenty of days to figure it out. But I want to be respectful. You know, people always say, please respect our privacy on this matter. I don't know. Most people don't, which is sad. Um, yeah, you said that. I hadn't even thought about the fact that it's the first game since I guess they've made it official. Yeah, but again, it's been hovering up. out there. And I don't think that Tom's play has been affected by it. It'd just be my observation. I haven't had one of their games this year. They're not losing because of Tom Brady. They've got, you know, they've got, they've had serious injury issues. The, the offensive line's a mess. The secondary's a mess. And and hey, I'm looking forward to you. You did address another thing here, the cross flex thing. You said you don't understand how we got to <laughs> get out of the Fox uh, allotment. Don't uh, forget that they get an equal number of games dispersed out of our package back over to Fox. Right. So we have this one. When our the schedule came out, we thought this is going to be one of our best games. And by the way, it's still even though both are under 500, it still has kind of an interesting, you know. Sex appeal to it in that one team's three and five, one team's three and four. And maybe you could even argue trying to save a season here on both sides of it. So I'm looking forward to broadcasting it. And I want to remind you that it was another big cross-flex game coming up in a few weeks that we have, and that will be Dallas at Minnesota. That's on November the 20th. Okay. And well, that's that, that one we really did strike gold with. All right, because I want to go through the next couple of weeks. But I want to piggyback on something you said. You said Tom is a friend. I'm just curious. Has he asked you for any broadcasting advice? No. At, because he's supposed to go to Fox next year. Obviously, I'm sure he's still focused on football, but I'm just curious if he said. No, and I haven't spoken anything. to him in, gotcha. in a while. Um, gotcha. But I say a friend. He, he's someone I've known a long time. I think we've talked about it before. I've broadcast over 100 of his games. I played golf with him. There's, we famously played golf together with President Bush Sr. and President Clinton moons ago. Uh, he's been out to Pebble Beach where you know I have my home. And he and, and Peyton, I think you know, taped one of the Peyton places in my backyard at my little part three hole. Right. So uh, I don't get to see him all that often. We have another Tampa game later in the season. But I've got a long history with, with knowing Tom in the broadcast realm as broadcasting his games and, and, and off the field as well. And, and his, uh, and his mom and dad as well. His dad's an awesome guy. Tom and his mom is just beautiful soul, uh, Tom and Galen. So uh, I hope to see, in fact, Mr. Brady uh, for breakfast, which is something I've done before, before home games before as so I've had breakfast with Mr. Brady on the day of the game. And I hope to do that again this Sunday. I'm sure Tom will hit you up for advice when he finally goes. You know, on that front, I don't think that's something right now. He's, you know, yeah. and I'm not talking about his personal life. I just think right, that I that's know. something that, you know, he's going to jump into 
uh, when, when that time comes. And I'll be happy, and he knows I'll be there to give him any kind of advice he might he might long for if he wants any at all. Now, okay, so I'm curious. The week after this week, so this week you have the Rams and the Bucks, you and Tony. And the week after that's a Fox doubleheader week, so you get an early game. And the schedule here, I know you can't say it, but the schedule here is is pretty rough. I think. Are you going to do Cleveland at Miami? That's my guess. Is do you know what game you're doing that weekend? I do know we're going to do Jacksonville at Kansas City. It's yes. one of those really strange uh, NFL Sundays when you're the, the 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 network that has only the one game, the non doubleheader weekend for us. Every single game that we have there has a team that's a couple of games at least under 500. So uh, you've, you've got the, the Browns, even off the win last night, are now three and five. I've got Jacksonville, I think, at two and six right now with another, you know, I think they got maybe the Raiders this week. They could come into that game at two and seven. We don't have a sexy matchup that day. That's just the luck of the draw. By the way, Fox has the same predicament this week their their number one game on a regional week for them as we have the doubleheader with rams bucks involves detroit right they got the lions they got a one-win team so it's it happens to all of us it's a quirky year when was the last time you called the jacksonville jaguars game no a couple years ago after they they went to the afc championship game and and had the patriots 10 down in the fourth quarter at gillette we came out the next year and had them week two in a doubleheader game hosting New England, and they beat New England to jump out to a 2 0 start. I think I remember. And a few that, weeks yeah. down the road, we had them at Kansas City. And I think that might have been the last time. So it's been a while. Yeah. It's and, been quite a while. And speaking of Detroit, I have long said they should, it, they've got to stop putting the Lions on Thanksgiving. Now you have Buffalo at Detroit on Thanksgiving. I mean, Buffalo may score 50 points in that game against that pathetic defense. That is going to be, that's going to be, it'll be, it'll, it'll be worth watching to see how much Buffalo scores, but the NFL, I leave the Cowboys, the Cowboys are the Cowboys, America's team ratings juggernaut, the lions thing. It has to stop. It just has to stop at Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. It's just, well, enough. I've only done that game for a long time. Yeah. You know, I, we go between Dallas and Detroit. So I'm a traditionalist in some things. I don't hate it like you hate it. Uh, you can try to make up a game and, and rotate it around. Uh, like this year, yeah, you got Buffalo, Detroit, Giants, Dallas on Fox. I mean, they hit gold with right. that one. Right. And then the, the NBC game at night is, decent. It, 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 is New England, Minnesota. Yeah. It's decent. But yeah. there have been some stinkers there, too, by the way. You try to make up a game and move it around. There are no guarantees. Yeah. I mean, this year proves it. Look, what, what do you Detroit think about Detroit invented a... the game. 1934. Wow. Some guy named George Richards in 1934 decided to throw the first Thanksgiving Day game. Okay? So uh, maybe they, they, they deserve it because they hatched the idea. He was ahead of his time. I, I have an analogy I want to make, but it might make you uncomfortable. So I don't want to make it, but 
you know, 1934, we're in 2022. This is like, <laughs> this is like the second amendment people when they put the second amendment in for like, you know, muskrats and people invading your houses. And like, we still like, it's like, okay, now let's, let's now move up to 2022. The lines haven't been good gonna, ever. I knew you were going to yeah. absolutely nail me on yeah. that one. I had to do uh, Tell me as, I, as, I, I, as by the way, I want to tell you that the, the Fox main game is green Bay at Detroit. I, at I, least that's the one they kind of, they, they have it in, in a bigger font so i trust that's their a game and i'm not trying to slight them because we have jacksonville kansas city the next week our main game this week was pittsburgh at philadelphia well this is the ultimate year this is the ultimate point that i wanted to get to as the guy who's supposed to call the best game each week when it's your doubleheader week i can make the argument that the only great teams in the afc are kansas city and buffalo and in the, the NFC is not much better. I mean, you have Philadelphia, Dallas, but, but the la- I think it's a, the lack of great teams. Is it, it? It's interesting because there does seem to be a, every game seems to be close, which means excitement. But I do think for that week to week storyline drama, where you want to see underdogs knock off the favorites, or you like to see the greatness of you know that Patriot team that went undefeated, which way is better? Uh, here's what I think the solution is. I, I know what you're asking. I actually love the AFC and where we're positioned as the AFC main primary network. I think they're going to get to a, a point here, not too far down the road where there can be a little bit of almost like a draft. I think maybe we even talked about this before where a couple of weeks out because one network could have a multitude of good games the other network could be saddled with a matchup that doesn't Detroit. have a broad appeal to be your main game. So, hey, look at it this way. We are coming up on week nine. We've had one week so far. i got to throw week one out. you know. But starting week two, our crew, every single game we have had, except for one week, has had a team with a losing record. Not a 500 record. At least one team with a losing record. This week, Bucks Rams is both teams with a losing record. So that'll be eight out of nine weeks. We've had a team with a losing record. And next week, Jacksonville will make it. Well, no, actually, again, I got to cross off week one. Next week, we'll make it eight out of nine weeks starting week two. I'm not trying to trash it. Our rating's good. The games are close. Yeah. Well, that, um, listen, the game yeah, can't I think argue. Fox is probably live in the same world as we are. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what's so bizarre about it. The games involve teams, like you said, under 500, 500, but they're close, which is really at the end of the day, I think what you want. I I, I don't know. I, I, I like the close games, but yeah. I, you know, I sit back, I don't have a hand in how the games get scheduled back in April or May, nor do I have anything to do with the networking of the games right now. Uh, I have certain places I like to see teams. I like to, to, to see, but you 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 did a great job of actually looking ahead the next week and trying to figure out what's there. It's yeah. a schedule that looks thin on paper. What well, would Cleveland, it be? Miami would have been where I if I was in charge. That's where I would have sent you. I think that the Dolphins are a good story this year. Um, controversial. Now, why do you story. think we have Jacksonville at Kansas? Well, but the, the Chiefs, Mahomes, the Chiefs, Arrowhead, four o'clock, great atmosphere. No, it's not but, four o'clock. It's one o'clock. It's one, one o'clock. o'clock, one o'clock, one o'clock. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like 
you call so many Chiefs games, they could have put you on Cleveland and, and Miami. Well, they're going to put us on a game when they network it that's going to go to the largest percentage. Right. So right. what happens is it's not dictated by where do we send Romo and Nance because that's the better game. It's which one's going to be the biggest audience. Right. So what really the decision comes earlier in the process. And what it really gets down to is where do you send a game to a neutral market? Meaning right. if you don't already have a tie – to a team or a division, then where do we send? Where do we send Kansas? What do we put into a market? In I'm trying to think of something. That, you know, you can give me any kind of neutral market you want in Kentucky, right. or in you know all these neutral markets around the country. Oregon. What do we do? What do we What do we send us to the CBS networks, the 320 20 mm -hmm. affiliates? What do we send to those neutral markets? Because that's going to spike that number, and ultimately. The decision is made in New York, and we have a guy that's incredible, Dan Weinberg, that does this. And, you know, the Mahomes is just a, he's a huge attraction. So we're going to feed him, feed him Mahomes. And, I, you know, I'm actually looking forward to seeing what Jacksonville is all about. I watched their London game the other day. They should have won the game. They had some miscues that, uh, you know, really hurt him, an interception at the goal line. But I want to see Trevor Lawrence. I'd like to meet Trevor Lawrence. This ETN is going to be a star. Very good. I believe Doug Peterson's going to get it done there. Um, and hopefully it'll be a very competitive game. I believe that uh, they'll hang in there. Now, the last thing on this, it does feel like from everyone I speak to and people I know, people I don't know, people you see on social, everything, it's all about everyone wants Bill's Chiefs, Bill's Chiefs, Bill's Chiefs again. Um. And I, I do think if that happens, that could be an all-timer, especially after the game last year. Yeah, well, if it's going to be an all-timer, it's going to have to go a long way to beat that game last year. You're well, right. I, I'm talking about the 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 build up, the intensity, the viewership. I'm a, who knows what's happening in the actual game? But I feel like there's actually like a a, a real fever pitch for that to be the AFC title game from NFL fans. So. I kind of feel like, and what you're saying is it kind of feels like it. we're just kind of waiting for that to play out, get through yeah. the season, get through the playoffs, and, yeah. oh, what do you know? We've got, I would think, Kansas City at Buffalo. I don't see the Bills falling. they got basically a two-game lead on the Chiefs right now because their record's better and they got the head-to-head. -head. So right. I don't see Buffalo relinquishing that. And barring injury, I mean – yeah, it would be just a tremendous matchup to see it up there and see what that looks like. You know, we've seen it in Arrowhead twice. Right. Saw it in the right. AFC Championship game two years ago. Divisional last year. I mean, I've called a lot of games through the years. I think I'm moving on on 500. Maybe I've already moved past it. I don't know. But um, I guess I haven't. But it, it would be hard to say there's ever been a game that was more exciting than that game last year in the divisional round. Absolutely. That's why people want and I, like I think and you hit on it perfectly too. The fact that it would be in Buffalo this year adds a whole yeah. new layer of excitement to it. All right, let's go to the decision with the tournament, but we'll start backwards since we'll go backwards on it since you just you the announcement came out that this will be your last year calling the tournament, the final four. And it was funny because immediately it was when would you give up the NFL? I never heard that. Oh, no. it, the speculation started about, you know, does this mean you'd give up the NFL in a couple of years? I, yeah, I assume 10. by that response, you haven't even thought about giving up. No, the no, NFL. I haven't heard one person ask me that. I didn't even realize there was even any chatter about it. No, I'm not even yeah. close to that. I just signed a very long-term contract. And in that contract, 
I basically spell that exactly what's happening right now. And I'll be doing the NFL for a long, long time with Tony. So yeah, uh, I hadn't heard I, that. I didn't even bring up the golf because I know you'll never give that up. Well, you get everything eventually comes to an end, as they say. And um, yeah, I think that the NFL and golf will probably run a pretty parallel yeah. track, I hope. Would it I be hope a situation? I'm doing both for a long time. Let me just say this. Because yeah, yeah. uh, I did have some people that were friends of mine that weren't in the business who were just like, oh, man, I hate to see you retire. I said, man, I'm not <laughs> retiring. I'm basically right. falling back into a schedule that's still right up there with as, like about as busy as maybe anybody else is. And it's the old Summerall schedule, who right. was a dear friend and mentor to me, that Pat did the lead NFL game, and he anchored the golf, and he did it a long time, and he was brilliant. And the tennis. And the he did do the US Open. And I yeah. did the tennis for nine years with him. Yeah. But I I, I loved it uh, that that Pat, that was, his, that was his universe, and I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, it's been, well, man, it's been a decision that honestly, Jimmy, has been a long time in the making, and and I could have made this decision years ago, but I just love it so much. And ultimately, my desire to be with my children uh, outweighed my love of being being involved in 15 games in 23 days, right. uh, every well, one of which me, is a joy to broadcast. Let me just ask you this real quick. I'm just curious in terms of like the workload and the scheduling. Let's say hypothetically 10 years from now, you wanted to give up one of the other sports. Would it be a no-brainer to give up the NFL because that's more of a grind than the golf? Because, or is the golf just as much as a grind as the NFL? Like, if you wanted to get down to one sport, or is it you love golf so much you wouldn't give that up? What would? Well, I don't foresee either one of those even being something we'll discuss for a long, long time. Right? But they're not a grind. It's something that you love doing. The process okay. of preparing for them is something I absolutely dearly love. Yeah. Now. The 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 NFL is uh, you got a week to get ready for a game, and then you know you have your meetings and you review. There's so much information that CBS rounds up for you that it's borderline almost too much to be honest. They've got so many sources that are coming in with different data points and background and anecdotal stuff. It's I mean I want it, but it's a lot. Um, the golf is is. Uh, you know, it's more of just classical storytelling, to be honest. You just, you, you, you kind of really call it with mainly just what's in your head and in your heart. You're not, you're not preparing boards like I do for, for football. You know, this is my Eagles board from the other day. Uh, I've got this thing blurred. I guess you can't, right. you can't see it. But I work on these things all week long. Golf, I don't. Uh, that right. doesn't mean I don't talk to players and get latest current information background. But the one thing about the golf, it is a two-day, it is a two-day commitment. And it's um, you know, depending on the week, it's anywhere from six to eight hours on Saturday and Sunday. I, I used to get asked a lot, well, how come you don't do regular season college basketball like you used to? Well, things kind of changed. I became the lead NFL play-by-play -play guy, which took me to the end of January. So that took out those weeks. Right. And then there's this thing called the West Coast Golf Swing, where we have events in Phoenix, LA, San Diego, and Pebble Beach. At, well, then why don't you do the basketball instead of one of those? Well, we actually have extended hours on those West Coast events. Those also happen to be like the highest rated golf events of yeah. the year because the weather's bad for a lot of the country and people are living vicariously through these beautiful blimp shots from Pebble Beach and Torrey Pines along the coastline. You're on for eight hours doing a two point something rating versus doing one two hour basketball yeah. game that's doing a one. 
I mean, and I'm not trying to minimize it, but college basketball is all over the place and a lot of different outlets. You don't do monster regular season ratings. So it's not that I'm slacking or I'm not working. In fact, you know, I go through a stretch where, you know, I work um, like 32 out of 34 consecutive weeks on the road. And uh, that includes going through 21 weeks of the NFL and West Coast golf and then the NCAA tournament, the Masters, Hilton Head and all that. Next thing you know, you've, you've basically been on the, a road warrior for like 60% of the year with more to come with golf. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what it will do just again, for my own personal calendar. I will have a nice block of time from the end of football into the West Coast golf. I'll do that. And then going into the Masters, I'll have a stretch of about seven weeks off. And I'm going to miss the heck out of it. But I've done it a long time. Yeah, I feel really good about someone else getting the chance to do it, too. I'm very happy for Ian to have the chance to do it. He's a basketball guy all year long. I'm not. And by the way, we have other incredible, as you know, play-by-play guys. Incredible. Yeah, Kevin Harlan, Brian Anderson. And I don't even need to go down that road to start naming all these guys I, I respect so much. Um, but, it, you know, it's time someone else... Get a chance to do it, enjoy it, and love it, nurture it. I was it a about, difficult decision? Did you agonize over it, or you realize this is the time and it wasn't that difficult to give it up? You know, I I was going to give it up in twenty one, and I, I mean I talked to Sean and David, um, Sean McManus, David Burson about it for several years, and they would I would just say, hey, I'm thinking about it. Will you t- let us know? You can do it as long as you want. And I thought about twenty one and. In Indianapolis, because I like the symmetry of my first Final Four call, was in Indy in 91. That was the famous Duke-UNLV semifinal with Duke beating Kansas in the championship. Grant Hill was a freshman. And I like the, the, the symmetry of not only starting in Indy, but ending in Indy, sitting next to Grant Hill, who won a championship in Indy, and now he's my partner You know, with, with, with Raft as well. And um, But COVID came around. And, you know, that that fun, that was not a lot of fun. It was a monumental achievement by the NCA and CBS and Turner to pull off this one city um, championship event with all the games played at different venues in Indy. You know, you never saw anyone. You never left a room. I was there for 27 days and nights and all my food delivered to the door. Mm-hmm. Only time I got out was to go do a game. Um, but it just didn't feel like the right time yeah. to walk away from. Plus, I had Houston looming. <laughs> you know, I had Houston yeah. 23 and I, and I want to say this so that nobody from Turner takes this the wrong way. I love their partnership with Turner. Great guys. And, you know, I've done the capital one spots with, with Charles for years now. We'll continue to do that this coming year and hopefully beyond and Ernie and everybody. But I wanted to call my last basketball game on CBS. We would still call them on Turner, as you know, but it's CBS Turner. We alternate years. I just thought I'm going to pick a CBS year to do it. So if it wasn't going to be Indian 21, the next time I would consider it was going to be Houston at 23. Makes and sense. Houston was the gateway city for my career. Right. It's just the perfect place to do it. It's the perfect time. Done it a long time. And I will miss the heck out of it. But you know what? I also love being home for my kids and having their spring break falls in March. I miss it every year. Now I get to be with them. So it's, you know, there's a trade-off. Was it difficult to do the tournament after not doing regular season games and just coming no. in for those two weeks? No, not a bit because I'm watching it all season long because I love it. Right. But you know, I wasn't the only announcer who parachuted in, as people would call it, to come yeah. in and do the playoffs in, in 
other sports, and you know who they are, so I'm not going to make it sound like anybody's doing anything wrong. Right, it right. did not make it difficult. I would usually do a regular season game um, right around the 1st of March, and then I'd go into the Big Ten tournament, and I'd do two games on Saturday, the championship game on Sunday, and that begins quite a stretch. I, I count it from that point until the championship. Yeah. I'd do 15 games in 23 days from the semifinals of the Big Ten three games that weekend, six the next week, then three the regional week, and three the final four. But, Jimmy, when I when I got the nod to go call the games, I had filled in for Brent several times during the years. I, yeah. was, the, I was the host. I was the studio guy. I was the Greg Gumbel, Ernie Johnson role five times at the final four. But when I got the nod to go call the games with Billy, Billy Packer, um, I could never have imagined that, I would have 32 years of calling the championship because I was taking over for Brent who called six and he tied the record of Dick Enberg who had called six. So it's gone from those two having six each to 32. And that that's a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's somebody else's turn to do it. And that happens yeah. to be Ian. I have a great regard for him on a professional level and very much so on a personal level. And I'm thrilled for him. He deserves it. He'll be great. And he'll take it to all new heights. It's funny because when I when I first saw the news, the, the, my first initial reaction was like, oh, boy, that's shocking. And then when I see you've done it since 91, you've done 32 tournaments, you're like, 32 Final Fours is a massive, massive number. And then you're like, you know what? It makes sense. You know, if he's got NFL, he's got golf. You know, I, I'm sure this didn't factor into your decision at all. But I also feel like college, the tournament is still this monstrous thing, but college basketball overall has become sort of a niche sport. It's not what it used to be. The ratings prove that out in the regular season. I mean, it's so, you know, it doesn't really move well, the needle. You know, it doesn't move it, the needle until well, the tournament. It's different. It's definitely yeah. different. The yeah. earlier I was involved in it, the more I, you know, you had more tenured players. You had four-year players. Right. Grand Hill was a four-year player. Right. Um, and, you know, in recent years, you've seen Roy Williams step down. Jay Wright this year, who's going to be great, by the way, and working with us at CBS. And then, of course, you had Coach K. And I got to document all of their careers, Jay's two wins, Roy's four championship, all five of Mike's championships. And, yeah, 32 – it's 32 tournaments. Everybody thinks it's like they say, well, 32 Final Fours. It's 32 NCAA tournaments. There's a tonnage of games – that happened that first week, including four in one day. And someone, hopefully Pat McGrath, my longtime stats guy from the very beginning in baskets, I'm sure he'll come up with the math on it, but it's going to be just tournament games. It's going to be somewhere between, I think, 300 and 350 NCAA tournament games. Now, I know it also will be, undoubtedly, 96 games at the Final Four. Right. You know how vital every one of those Final Four games sure. is at the time. 96 of those and 32 championships. It's a lot of prep. You know, the thing I used to get all the time, Jimmy, was how do you do all this? You know, your schedule never ends. One season ends, the next one begins. And I've been on the golden hamster wheel for a long time. And I've never failed to be grateful and to say my thanks before my feet hit the floor in the morning for being given the chance to live out the childhood dream. It's been an incredible gift, blessing, whatever you want to call it. It has been. And, um, you know, I'm in my 60s now. I started when I was in my mid-20s being a part of this tournament. So 
I'm I'm really excited. Like I said, you know, you just you just reminded me of something when you said mid. You started in your mid twenties. I over the su- I've talked about this on the podcast with a couple of guests. Over the summer, I read that book about inside the NFL. I think the title was "You Are Looking Live." Oh, Rich, yeah, Rich's yes. book, yeah, yeah. And I can't recommend it enough for for sports media nerds like myself. I and you you figure prominently in that book, and I completely forgotten about it till you just said that. Rich because, Podolsky, he did a great job. He used to be yeah. involved on the show as a writer, and uh, he did a brilliant job on that book. Yeah, but there's some great stuff in there about you in that book. So people it's called should, "You Are Looking Live." Out. It's the history yeah. of the NFL today. Yeah. Yep. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The tournament, you've done 32 of them. I know all the, I'm talking just the tournament, not regular season. I, obviously, you had many years with Billy Packer. You've had these years with Grand Hill and Raftery. Greg Anthony was in there, I think, for a year or two. Were there any other analysts you worked with in the tournament, or was that it? Because Steve Kerr like for really, four years and Steve, Clark Kellogg. Clark Kellogg, Clark I should have known for, that one. for five okay. years. I love Clark. He's one of my dearest friends. All these guys are. But Clark, Clark I should have known, special. but Steve Kerr, I have no recollection four of years. him doing the tournament. Wow. All right, so here you go. I can, I'll give you the 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 breakdown on it. Billy yeah. and I partners 91 through 08. So that's 18 tournaments, just the two of us. 
He retired uh, in San Antonio the night that Kansas, Bill Self's first championship, Rock Chalk championship, mm-hmm. they beat Memphis uh, with Derrick Rose in overtime. I knew, Bob Dekas, the producer, knew. No one else knew this was Billy's last show. The game went to overtime. I was feeling so maudlin about it. I didn't want to. I'd been trying throughout the tournament to talk him out of it. But Billy, typically, he wanted no fanfare. He did not want anybody to know about it. But he told he told Deke and he told me. And when the game went to overtime, my first thought was, thank heavens, I get five more minutes with Billy. And that was it. I had kind of a coded goodbye to him on the floor after we interviewed Self and the Jayhawks. Um, but that was it. So oh, uh, 91 through 08. And then I had uh, – well, I had Clark. Clark and I had done uh, a lot of different things together, including some regular seasons, some studio stuff together. But he would have been 09 and 2010. I believe I have that right. Maybe 11. We got to call the Gordon Hayward uh, Butler Duke game in Indianapolis. Loved every minute of it. Clark went back to the studio. And Greg right. Anthony came in for a year. And at the Final Four, Steve Steve came in. Steve would have been, for sure, 11, 12, 13, and 14. I've got that wrong. Here's what it was. Steve came in with, with Clark and I. That's what it was. So Clark was 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Five years with Clark. Wow. Yeah. Several of those years with yeah. Steve. And and then uh, and then we did Greg Anthony and Steve for a year, and and then it's been Grant and Raft and I since 2015. Yeah, and you and, guys have really settled into a nice. Uh, it really is a great listen from a fan perspective. Thank you. That that it's really hard to walk away from that. Um, yeah. I, and I just cherish the, the the friendships, the bonds, and and Tracy Wolfson on the sidelines. We have. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous how much we enjoy our, yeah. each other's company. During the broadcast, yes, you can hear it away from it, the dinners, the preparation, the meeting with the kids. And on the raft side, I want to just say this, that my first NCAA tournament was in 86. Uh, my first site was play-by-play in 86. I wasn't doing the Final Four. was in Greensboro, North Carolina. We had an Old Dominion against Duke game, and that was Coach K's first team he took to a Final Four. But the first week of the tournament, I worked the tournament play-by-play with Raft. And then Raft and I went in the studio, week two for the regionals and at the final four. So I had all that early start background with Raft. And the fact right. that it would all, you know, 30 years later come full circle and we get to call these games together, that, that's that been a wonderful blessing, yeah. too. And it's, all, it's a full circle thing for Ian and Raf because they worked the, I mean that's how I my as a New Yorker my first experience with Ian and Raftery was them doing Nets games sure. on an old channel that doesn't even exist anymore called Sports Channel in New York and uh you know they have a special relationship so it's full circle all around it seems like on on this move so yeah um, it's going to work out well for everybody and you know I hope to go back to final fours for years to come and have you know, some role uh, and not be involved in the early rounds of the tournament. We'll see. Maybe I'll feel differently about it after saying goodbye to the play-by-play this year. But I, maybe it's uh, you know, it's maybe it's something involved in like an essay piece that would be on the bridge show between the two games on Saturday. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, and I you're going like to do the trophy presentation. Kid, but, 
I'm you sorry. Do the trophy, you're going to do the trophy presentation? I don't know that. Oh. I don't know that. I could see that okay. as a possibility, but uh, that's to be decided down the road. And I think we all need to put our heads together and figure out what we want to do with that. But I do know this. I want to go to the final four and not be locked in my room and trying to read the very last clip of the thousand they've sent me every right. day and right. be able to go out and enjoy uh, the fan fest and, and, and uh, you know, have, have my kids by my side and, and enjoy it a little bit and be around the tournament because it's been – Let's face it, Thirty. this will be 37 years. It's a, way more than 50% of my life has been the NCAA tournament, and it's going to be hard to just say goodbye cold turkey, yeah. and maybe there's something useful I can do. We'll see. We'll map it out. But I'm focused in on having one great last ride with uh, Grant and Raft and Mark Wolf, and, and now Mark Grant comes in taking over for Bob Fishman, yeah. who I had, what, 36 years with. So, you know, there, there's a small nucleus of people, and Tracy I've mentioned too, Yep. Again, um, yeah, I, I'm just uh, I'm grateful for the camaraderie we've had through it through it all. Yeah, it's 32 Final Fours. We did studio there for five years, like you said. So, so that's 37. That's a, yeah, that's 37. long time, long it's time. Crazy. Let me let me close with this. I want to go back to the NFL um, for a moment. And I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, but I'm curious how you would approach it. Al Michaels has gotten a lot of attention in recent weeks for how he's handled some atrocious. Thursday night football games. It, it, it there was a there was a two week stretch there where there were two games, um, Denver, Indy, and then Chicago, Washington were unwatchable games, and it became the Al Michaels show on Amazon Prime where he was openly mocking, in a fun way, the the games. What would your what did you think of Al's approach, and how would you have approached that because. I'm sure Al's thinking too, you know, when, if you're doing that on CBS, you're on CBS, you've got 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 million, depending on where you, he knows he's on Amazon prime. It's probably 8 million. I don't know if that plays into his rationale, but I, he was universally praised for how he handled it. There was nothing but positive reaction. The only thing in my head is I don't know if Roger Goodell and the NFL were like, you know, Amazon's paying whatever it is, $11 billion. I'm not sure they want you mocking the game, Al, but Al can do what he wants because he's been doing it for 100 years. I would love your take as one of the veteran lead NFL voices on that whole situation. Well, uh, you know, Al can do no wrong in my world. You know that. <laughs> you and I have spoken off the air about my my friendship and admiration for, for Al. So uh, I'm a veteran, though, of... Uh, of Thursday night football and things evolve and things change in the way that you can say things, perhaps take stretch it a little bit more than you used to. Um, you know, just look at the, so maybe what you can say now you would, would have really been taboo five or 10 years ago. Just look at gambling. I know Al's always towed the, you know, right. Been very close into that over and under and all of that, but you know, gambling was was something that really were encouraged or discouraged from from talking about. It was it was absolutely taboo. Now, of course, we got a franchise in Vegas. Tony and I will be calling a Super Bowl there next season. And um, fantasy football and DraftKings and FanDuel and all these sites are are big advertisers for all the networks. Things change. So, I mean, I love listening to Al and and we 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 spoke yesterday. We FaceTimed each other as we do almost every week. And he heard, I had a line during the Buffalo-Kansas City game. Yes. 
it was like 7-3 late in the second quarter. And I said to Tony, I said, wait a minute, is this is this Sunday afternoon or Thursday night? What's going on here? Because we were expecting a continuum of what had happened the previous year in the divisional playoffs when that the wild uh, final two minutes of regulation and overtime ensued. So, um, no, listen, it, it can be very flat on site at, at a Thursday night. For whatever reason, the fan isn't into it like they are on a Sunday or even a Monday night. In Monday night, it's raucous. I know it. I did it for four years. I, do, I did it the first year I ever did a full-time package and the second year of a full-time package. On now, Thursday that's night. fascinating. That's the first time I've heard someone say that. That's really interesting oh, to me. Well, I hate to tell you because I'm going to tip it off here, uh, especially now that there's going to be a World Series game against it. Yeah. and the, the, Two Philly the, teams, too, going head-to-head. Head. Two Philly teams going head-to-head, head, but the game's in Houston, and right. the Texans are 1-5-1. and one. And the the town, you know, that's 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 my town, Houston, and they're they're going to be all into the Astros that night. So Al's going to have a, a game. Amazon's going to have a game on Thursday night. That's going to be very flat. That's nothing that he can change. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be COVID empty stands kind of flat. Now it won't be empty like it was in COVID in that unbelievable season that we all went through. Somehow the league pulled it off too, but it it won't have that ambiance. It won't have that energy. And I think that's probably what Al was speaking to a little bit, not only just the quality of the play, but the fact that the, the fans aren't into it. Like he's accustomed to on Sunday night. It's different. Yeah. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Maybe work that day. Work you know, I, it that's feels like, Monday. I don't, I think, you know, you can say, well, what about Monday night? But it's almost yeah. like you don't bring, like the kids aren't there or people have to work the next day, but you can say that same thing about Monday night. It almost feels more like a corporate polite crowd. Again, I had four years of it, yeah, yeah. two years full, two years CBS at a half a package with NBC doing the other half. And Al knew that he did the half a package on NBC when we were doing the other half. So hmm. it's just, it's, it, 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 um, you know, they've had some compelling games early in the season um, and they've got Philly Houston this week and it's just what yeah. can you do about that they've got they've yeah. got Arizona I'm, I'm sorry they've got Atlanta, Carolina, Atlanta. Carolina coming up on the near horizon so yeah. it is what it is Al's a Al's a giant you know in in the broadcasting world he's a giant in my life and I sit back and watch and cheer and, and applaud everything that he does I just hope the NFL and Amazon leaves him alone and lets him make his remark yeah I, I mean listen are. That comment he made when he said it was during the Denver um, Indy Indy game. Yeah, this this is one of those games. It's the fifth regional on CBS at one o'clock. <laughs> I mean, that is an all time for for you know we're in this world, so we you know I don't, the average fan probably doesn't understand for an NFL announcer to say that line during a game is is pretty remarkable. Well, he's seen it all. I'm glad he's still doing <laughs> games. He, he hasn't lost anything no. he is this guy is timeless yeah. he's hopefully gonna go on for a long long time yeah and so will you with the nfl so i'm glad we cleared that up and you've got the rams and bucks this sunday jacksonville kansas city the week after that i think that we didn't go into the week before thanksgiving i think i think you, i my guess is chiefs chargers for that week no that that's the uh that's the dallas minnesota game oh that's the flex okay yeah. oh that's a that good is, game okay that's that a good is, game that is very yeah. large 
Yeah. That's going to be really big. You've got yeah. uh, one loss Vikings team, Cowboys with two losses in Minnesota. Uh, that's a cross flex game. I'm thrilled about it. Um, I didn't realize you had that game because I, I had yeah. you pegged for Chiefs Chargers that weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing you might watch for is there is a there is a Sunday night game. You may have it at your fingertips, but there is a Sunday night game. I'm going to make a prediction right here, live on tape, yep. on my favorite podcast, that there will be a, a flex. A flex out of the Sunday night game. Yes, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Okay, I believe that game will will be flex that. What do you want to say? Like when when you when you fish and you throw one back in, toss I'm that. Trying one to, I'm trying to see what game they would end up putting in that spot. You must okay. have. Okay. Oh, well, they, well, they Cincinnati can't take Dallas. Minnes- yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, go here's ahead. what I would. Do. I wrote. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would take question again. I'm trying to do the job that people that know a lot more about it than I do, uh, and are exceptional at it. But since that's a that's an AFC matchup, I would think they would be looking to take something out of our package. So Cincinnati Pittsburgh, I'm guessing, would come back to CBS, and I think then you take Kansas City at the Chargers, which was the first Amazon Thursday night game. So we don't get either right. side of it if that's the case. Right. And you put up Mahomes and, and uh, Justin Herbert in prime time. And yet that means instead of having, even though it would be a 90 to 10 split on Minnesota and Dallas, if we kept the the, the KC Charger game, the Dallas-Minnesota game is worthy of 100%. Right. right. So there, right. we just programmed the whole network right here. I, I think that's what's going to happen. I, you did a, Now we just got to worry about flexing out the Lions on Thanksgiving, and we're all good to go. We're going to give you a really good show. We're, you're even listen. You say that, but you wear the Lions colors today on this broadcast. Even when, your wallpaper in the back. You are you are when, all Lions. When it's, maybe you're a closet Lion fan. When uh, it's when it's when it's when it's. 38-13 <laughs> in the third quarter. You're going to need some Al Lions on. Uh, you know. We're, what, if how the, bad what, if, what if the Lions are winning in the third quarter? I don't know if you saw this because it happened literally the minute before we started, but the Lions traded their tight end Hoxton, Hoxton to uh, um, Minnesota. So now the fire sale is on. So I would, uh, I, I, I would make sure you have some stories to tell on Thanksgiving. That's going to be story time with you and Tony. Okay, I will. I will tell you this. I will make a deal with you right now, just to get you off the Lions and quit trying to disrupt history and tradition. If the Lions, I want you to root for the Lions now and keep them there. If the Lions are winning at any point in the fourth quarter, okay, on Thanksgiving Day, right? I'm going to mention you on that broadcast. Now I got to root for the Lions to lead yeah. the Bills in the fourth quarter. I don't think I'm getting I, I will mention, figure but... out some sort of verbal somersaults right. and find right. some tie to history or, hey, Tony, it, it's incredible. I was talking to my friend Jimmy Train a couple of weeks ago about this game. He said it was going to be a stinker, and then I kind of talked him into the Lions might give him a game, and here we are with the Lions leading in the fourth quarter. I, You have my word if they lead in the fourth quarter. I would never, ever in my life, ever root for a player to get injured. But maybe if Josh Allen could just get a little touch of the flu Thursday morning, 
<laughs> it's only no. maybe just a, a little cold on th- just a cold, a little cold on Thursday morning. Then maybe I'll, I'll, you know. By the way, the Lions can mm. score points. By the they, they didn't can. when we had them at Dallas a couple of weeks ago, yeah. but they can put up points. Yeah, I yeah, but the yeah. Well, I'm going to leave. The Lions. Are we done? Are you close to being done here? We're all done. We can say goodbye. Well, I got and- one story I want to leave you with. Go ahead. Wrap it up with this. Here we go. Okay, because it has to do with the NCAA tournament. Go ahead. Okay, and you, you know, you asked me something about when did I first start thinking about giving it up? Giving it up. Yep. I want to tell you when I really first started thinking about doing it, not giving it up. Okay, I'm going to go to the opposite end. Yep. 1983, Houston, North Carolina State, at the pit in Albuquerque, my alma mater, Houston. I ride in to the game on the Houston team bus. Houston basketball was my entree, entrance into into the business. I was the public address announcer as a student. I hosted Guy Lewis, the coach's show on TV on the NBC affiliate as a student. I owe a lot of my career to that basketball program. There is an outside chance, by the way, don't tell anybody, that my last game I ever call might be my alma mater winning the championship that night in Houston. They are preseason number three, and Kelvin Sampson is an incredible coach. So anyway, that aside, 1983, right in with the team, the stadium, the arena, the pit, doesn't have seats. It has benches, bench seating with a number, you know, spread out every two feet, seat 15, 16, whatever. I went in, I had the whole arena to myself. I'm going to squeeze in somewhere. And I ride back on the team bus after the game. But there inside the arena was vacant, except there was a CBS set right in the corner, the far end from where Lorenzo Charles dunked my dreams and dunked NC State to a championship. And there sitting on this perch inside the pit was one Brent Musburger. He was rehearsing. He was going to be hosting the show. And then he would be handing it off to the great Gary Bender, who was going to call the game with Billy Packer. So I thought, my gosh, I've always wanted to work for CBS. CBS, because I love the way CBS broadcast the NFL and the Masters. They were new still at calling the and broadcasting the NCAA tournament. This was year two. They'd started at 82, the Michael Jordan year in New Orleans. So I didn't have that history that motivated and inspired me with with CBS, but it was all about CBS with NFL and golf. But there's Brent Musburger. I worshipped him. So I say, I'm going to go over there and sit right there on the bench closest to the set. And I actually squeezed right up against it. Now, it was raised above my eye level, the set. And Brent, I was looking up to him. By the way, I still do. But I was looking up at him, and I could turn around and see the camera that he was talking into. I could see there was some stuff that was on prompter. Most of it was ad-lib, but they were running through all the elements of the show. And Brent Musburger was sitting there talking to his stage manager, talking to the producer, and he has that great Brent laugh. (laughs) And I couldn't believe I was this close to him. His feet were maybe, I don't know, I could stretch my arm out and reach the far foot. They, they were that close. I was sitting right up against them. I could have literally shined his shoes. And I got to tell you, Jimmy. You would have. 
I would have done it. Yeah. For the chance yeah. to be sitting in that chair one day. Yeah. Yeah. And to get to know him. And three years later, as fate would have it, Brent was calling the final four and I was sitting in that seat. So I've been very blessed yeah. beyond cool. belief. I know a lot of people's use that term. I've been so fortunate and grateful and thankful that I've been given that chance. And uh, that's what is in my heart. I'm just, I've loved every minute of it. I'm just, I'm really looking forward to doing it again with all my friends. And then I'm really looking forward to someone else and that being I and everyone else moving forward to have a chance to go enjoy it as much as I have. Uh, it'll be, it'll add a lot, I think, to the tournament uh, to see how you handle it, do your last games. And, you know, I mentioned that book um, you were looking live earlier. I mean, th that book talks about how fast, you, uh, you know, you tell that story. And if you read that book, you know how fast Jim's rise was and how quickly it all happened. And it, it really, it was, I, I, I loved reading and, about how that all happened for you. So and that's a great story there about Brent, who is, uh, you know, and by the way, I got a beautiful note from, from, I got a beautiful note last week from, from Todd, his brother who wrote on behalf of Brent and, yeah. and Todd yeah. and just how much they appreciated, you know, the friendship and my, my, my tenure of, uh, taking the baton yeah. from, from Brent, you know, Brent had that famous sign off, and then he threw it back to me in Denver in 1990. And he said, folks, I've had the best seat in the house. And um, um, that's what I tried to say to Andrew Marchand, who did a great job in breaking that story and the way he framed it. But I wanted to take that baton and, of having the best seat in the house and now um, handing it off to the next, to the next man. And that would be Ian. Well, I'm sure I'll talk to you maybe around tournament time. Enjoy the rest of the uh, NFL season. Looking forward to you. Looking uh, forward to it, Jimmy. Hearing you every Sunday on the uh, big uh, AFC and some NFC games at the Crossflex. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Let's, Be well. We'll catch up soon. Thanks for okay. having me. Take care. Anytime. Thank you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
at JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count all right, joining me now for our weekly train of thought segment from WFAN Radio in New York, SNY TV, my buddy Sal Akata. Sal, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Hanging in there. Two two straight L's I've noticed. Two straight losses on my best bets, and we'll get into we'll get into the most recent one at the end when we do our picks. <clears throat> but let me start by asking you something. I have been dying to ask you for days now, and I wanted to save it for the podcast okay. just to get just to get the salicata reaction. Will you be paying twenty bucks a month to keep your blue check mark? No fucking way! You've got to be out of your mind. Matter of fact, I <laughs> welcome it. Get, I don't care. I don't want to be verified. Leave me alone. How much? How much do I have to pay to never deal with Twitter again? That's what I want. I knew you'd come through with a good answer. Will you? I don't think so. Now, but I'm not like, as up in arms about it as everyone else. Like the, you know, the I'm not paying for twenty dollars. Twitter crowd is really annoying. Like, not, you don't have to go on Twitter and tweet whether you're going to pay for it or not. It's well, I got it. People, you're upset. The reality is, people take offense to it because <clears throat> they feel good about themselves because they have a blue check mark next to their name. I couldn't give a shit less. So I don't care. I, look, first of all, I got it through work. Now, does it help in certain instances? I'm sure that it does help get your tweets noticed. I personally don't care about that stuff. But if somebody's going to tell me to pay for that, there's not a chance that 20 bucks a month. I don't want to pay for anything anymore. What if it that was a dollar ninety? What if it was a dollar ninety nine a month? I no, I would not pay because I just have the. We talked about this before with subscriptions and all this stuff. I, you know, I, I want to be able to read an article when I click on Bob Raceman in the Daily News. I want to see. If he mentions my name in there, I'm not paying two bucks to read it. So I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not doing anything. Definitely not for Twitter. Yeah. I, I mean, the issue is when there's going the issue is if if people who are reporters or people who break news or write stories don't have the check mark. If someone you don't listen, if it's Woj or Schefter, you're going to know if it's real or not. But right. If some beat reporter for the Royals breaks a trade and you go to check to see if it's true and there's no blue check mark, that's where it's going to be an issue if there's no blue check marks. That's right. All. So but but we'll all survive. Gonna, we'll here, all be able to survive. But here's what's going to happen. It's going to hmm. be up to the companies. I'm sure ESPN will say, well, we'll pay the 20 bucks a month for right. you know these five people to have the verification. Right. I'm also sure that WFAN is not going to say we're paying 20 bucks a month for Sal or whoever else to be verified. So it's up to the company. If SI says we're going to pay, I'm sure you'd welcome it. But you're not going into your pocket to pay for it, are you? 
No, I, I also don't think it's going to be $20 a month. I mean, that was like a thing that was thrown out there in the beginning and everyone, because, you know, everyone's freaking out about <clears throat> what's going on with Twitter. So everyone's going to go crazy about it. I have a funny feeling whenever some decision is made, it might not be 20 bucks a month, but let me, let me ask you we'll though, do you think, because we're in, we're in the same business, but it's different, right? right. You actually give like, I mean, I know you do opinion stuff, but you're a writer for SI and you do the podcast. You get big guests on me. I'm just a loudmouth opinion guy, radio show host, TV shows. It it wouldn't hurt me if I didn't have the the verification. Does it hurt you, or would it hurt you if you didn't? Um, I mean, yeah, it might hurt from the standpoint of if I try to like book a podcast guest through Twitter, and I don't have the blue check mark. They may not think, you know, I mean, if I'm trying to book someone who has absolutely no clue who I am. Agreed. Right. They, see, that's what I mean. It's easier. I doubt The Rock is going to follow you if you're not verified. Right. Right. Yeah, right. I guess that's true. Um, but I feel like at this point, everyone's so like everyone knows who everyone is on Twitter at this point. If you don't have Correct. the blue check mark, I don't think if they took away Adam Schefter's blue check mark, we're still going to know who Adam Schefter is. I mean, well, how about how about Portnoy? Isn't Portnoy the best <laughs> example of this? I don't know what you mean. Dave, it, Dave Portnoy is not verified, and doesn't he go on? And I'm, I'm not 100% familiar with it, so maybe I should get my facts right here. But I'm pretty sure Portnoy, who obviously is as popular as you could be on social media, he goes after the blue check mark brigade, basically saying that I don't care if you have verification, it, it doesn't mean anything. And he doesn't have one, but he's got. I, I why is why does why isn't he verified? That I'm not sure, but I don't know if he doesn't uh. want to be or they wouldn't. But either way. Clearly doesn't impact him. Yeah, but I'm sure Barstool is verified. I don't know 100%. I'm not sure. Yeah. All I know is he's not, and he's immensely popular. So and I'm not but, saying that anybody could get to his level, but I'm just saying like... It, I didn't it, know he wasn't verified. I'd be more curious to know why he's not verified. I think you should look into it because it might be interesting to find out. There was... I, I just know that he calls people the blue. Oh, here we go. Another blue check. Mark well, but that's not Dave. a thing he does. Everyone does that. That's a, everyone says, oh, the blue checks are upset. The blue check. I don't know. Like, right, like every blue check believe, is. Right, but I don't no believe sense. he's, he should have one, right? For as being as famous as he is. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't understand why he doesn't have one. If he, I don't, yeah. whatever. Anyway. Um. All right. Let me ask you this question. This, this sort of almost plays into it a little bit. Have you ever heard of this guy, Brandon Robinson? From Bally Sports, Bally Bally Sports NBA reporter. Uh, I believe that I have, but I obviously got familiar with him today from reading your column and then calling my colleague, who and, and good friend, who you know, Malusis. I started reading your thing and I saw, <laughs> oh, picks eleven. That had to be on Moose's show. So I know who he is. I think I did have some kind of interaction with him at some point, but not very familiar. The the reason I bring it up for people who don't know is. Okay, so Brandon Robinson is an NBA reporter for Bally Sports, which I'm not exactly sure what that means because here in New York, we don't have Bally Sports. So I don't know. I thought Bally Sports was like localized throughout the country. <clears throat> so I'm not exactly sure what it meant. But he went on this show that Sal's referencing here in New York with our friend Mark Malusis and spoke about Kyrie Irving. And the reason, I, and he, he, he said these things that were just so... Just made no sense. It, he, you know, and I don't want to. I, I don't want to sit here and attack the guy because I don't think. I don't think he was intentionally. He he was definitely not in trying to intentionally defend Kyrie Irving, telling people to go watch this anti-Semitic movie. 
it was his defenses were it's in bad taste that people are coming down on Kyrie for this because Kyrie's in a contract year. I have no idea what on earth that has to do with anything. And then his other take was that the Nets are one and four. If they were five and oh, no one would be talking about this, which is just another absurd take. And I just wondered if you knew him because I, I just can't believe the absurdity of the take. I, yeah, I can't say that I know him definitively. And when I was talking with Moose about it, he said that maybe I might have had a, you know, cross paths with him at some point before, whether it be on social media or on a gambling show or something. I don't recall. But either way, that really doesn't matter. What matters is the idiocy of, look, you want to try to talk about Kyrie in a certain way or try to defend his point. I, I don't know how you could do that. But I know one way for certain that you can't do that. You cannot say it's because he's in a walk year or because the Nets are off to a slow start this year. That's just, well, that has nothing right. to do with it. So it's in poor taste that people are upset that Kyrie shares this anti-Semitic movie because Kyrie's in a contract year. It, you can't, it's so mind boggling. Now, the reason I brought this up and it connects with the opening topic of Twitter is so I wrote this column and I wrote in the column, like he, this guy could be the nicest guy in the world. I've, I've never heard of him. I don't know him. I'm not familiar right. with him, but that clip of him defending Kyrie was a complete train wreck. And I love when things are a train wreck. Um, <laughs> so I wrote the column and then like later in the afternoon, the guy started following me on Twitter. Uh -oh. I got a little, I got nervous. I'm like, Oh, is this going to be like a, I didn't say that. Or like you took, you know, and he followed me never didn't write anything to me. Then I saw he deleted his tweet of the, vi that was the other thing. The guy went and does this train wreck segment. And then he tweeted the video of the train wreck segment, but he deleted it. He apologized, which, you know, I I've got to, you know, I got to cover that now, but um, I don't know if you ever have that when you say something negative about someone, then they follow you on Twitter. You're like, I'm like, uh Oh, are we, is this uh, going to be a thing? I, I don't want to have a thing, but you know, yeah, I, I'm sure, I'm sure that that's happened. Um, you know, look, I try to stay out of that crap. I, it's unfortunate. It's a part of what we deal with now with social media. Right. I know I was saying to somebody that I wanted, I don't want any attention. I want to be left alone. Can you just let me do my job? You're so now full of shit. Cause if you don't want attention, you wouldn't say things on Twitter. You wouldn't tweet things. You no, wouldn't. that's not true. I say, I don't say it for it. No, I guarantee you don't. You no, no, you don't say, no, no, you don't say it for attention. Right. But anything, if you went on Twitter and you said, <clears throat> can't wait to watch the world series, you're going to get right. attention. Even for that, you don't want the attention. Right. But anything, if you tweet, you're going to get attention. Right, which is why we shouldn't do Twitter, right? I mean, that's but why you, I but you do it, but well, you do it. Well, because I kind of, I think it's part of what, unfortunately, uh, what I do. Well, you think you, I could just delete my Twitter account and make everybody happy? I make money. No, off of it. I mean, I don't are, think. No, no, I don't think you should delete your Twitter account. But you, you're going to tell me there are times you go on there and try to stir the pot a little and put, you know. Yeah, but that's that may be only because of some of the crap that I get. So when I get crap for certain things whatever maybe with the but that's gonna get you attention yeah well i don't want the attention i want to be left no. alone period end of story i want to do my job do it well and i want to be left not alone. happening now now not when you happening. say something when that guy says something as dumb as he did i you you have to question if he's doing it to get attention right i don't like, no no i no no i in his defense if you watch that clip he, there's no way he was doing that to get attention so he just believed that the Kyrie yes did, I think he's getting crap because they, I, I mean, think he, 
I think he had, I think maybe either he has a relationship with Kyrie. He likes Kyrie and he was in a tough spot because this is a no way to defend Kyrie situation. And then that's what he tried to do. And that became a problem. He absolutely did not give that take. To, if you watch the video, there's no way he did it to get attention. All right. Fair enough. But then why would you use those two things as that's what I'd like. That's why I called it a train wreck. Yeah. Right. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Speaking of the nets, the story today, we're taping this Tuesday night. The story today with Steve Nash, I don't know if he quit or got fired. I don't know what the technicality of it is. And then them hiring Udoka from the right. Celtics, who's suspended for the year, is one of the most surreal stories I've seen. In a, I mean, think about that. A div, division rival is letting their head coach go to another team in the division. No compensation, supposedly. That's how much they want to get. Whatever this guy did in Boston, nobody knows what it is yet. But whatever this guy did is so bad, the Celtics are going to let him go to the Nets for no compensation. And the Nets, who have this whole Kyrie Irving mess going on, now bringing in a guy who there's all these rumblings about some sort of you know, mm-hmm. sexual indiscretion. Oh, this is an unbelievable story. Well, I mean, they're looking at it from the bottom line <laughs> basketball point of view. We look. This was as blatant to anybody with any kind of common sense as it could be years ago when they fired Kenny Atkinson, when they blew up what was a good foundation and a good organization headed in the right direction. They blew it up to bring in KD and Kyrie Irving. Did not, did, I mean, nobody saw the problems come with Kyrie Irving. He had issues in Cleveland. He had issues in Boston. What do you think is going to happen here? And it's one thing after the next, the pandemic, the anti-Semitic stuff. I mean, it's always something with Kyrie Irving. Rewind a little bit. They got Atkinson fired and brought in Nash. That's who. That's the guy they want. They didn't want a real coach. They wanted somebody who was going to leave them alone. Well, that's what they got. And now they bring in Udoka. And look, I don't know what happened. I mean, I know that he cheated on Neil Long, right? That's the extent of what I know. Obviously, it wasn't just that. The workplace affairs, I don't know about the sexual harassment stuff. Apparently, we don't know all the details. But A, you're bringing in a guy with bad character or character issues. And B, you're again appeasing the players here. It it just, it's foolish. But they believe he's the best coach for the team. because I should say so so we don't look foolish. uh, Bobby Marks came out and said that their plan is they haven't discussed bringing in a doko. No one believes that, but that's what he said, just in case. Oh, wait, you know. Sean Marks? The, the, Sean Marks. Yeah, yeah, the, the GM. GM. Yeah, 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 Sean Marks. Oh, yeah. I thought, I didn't know that. I was on the air just now, so I didn't see that. I saw the press conference. They said they have no Well, in the press running. conference, he said, like, the Odoku thing is, you know, he didn't really say that's what the direction they were going in. So, so who that knows? Might not happen, but I'm sure it is going to. Ha- I'm sure it is going to happen. But he said that today just to probably get people off. Well, Woj reported it was going to happen. So did Shams. And then it's happening. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all. Even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney. Make everybody count. You're a Falcons fan. Were you watching that game live on Sunday, the insanity of the Panthers uh, game. Did I I didn't even get into my Sunday with you. I, I had to go to I had to miss the start of the week eight one o'clock games to go to a costume party for my daughter. Now I did get back in time to see that live and I wasn't planning on watch. I was watching the Jets Patriots of course, but I flipped it on the I was actually upstairs. I had the iPad on and I was like, oh well this game's close. Let me watch it. I saw the touchdown by the Falcons thinking, wow, this team is going to be in first place in the South. Then I saw the DJ Moore play. So, yes, I was watching it live. Here's what's irritating to me about this situation, because I I watched that whole end. Now, you're a Falcons fan, so you're coming at it maybe a different angle of it. People, there were people, I think it was specifically Terry McCauley, who's the NBC rules analyst saying DJ Moore shouldn't have gotten the 15-yard penalty for taking off his helmet after the insane touchdown because he wasn't technically on the field. But he was like in the back of the end. Yeah, I thought that was the... So he took off his helmet. I think he was past the end zone by the stands. And then he was like, you know, in the end zone, they have the white on the back of the end zone. I think he was standing there and he had his helmet off. There were other players in the team who had taken their helmet off. And... For anyone to now listen, let me be clear. I personally think players should be able to take their helmets off to celebrate. I don't think taking your helmet off should be a 15 yard penalty. However, if you're going by what the rule is, and the rule is if you take your helmet off to celebrate, it's a 15 yard penalty. He absolutely took his helmet off. And if he's in the white of the end zone, 
you're going to say he's not in the field of play, so it's not a penalty? I thought that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life when Macaulay came out with that statement. What yeah. I knew right away, I knew it was a. I said right away, that's a 15 yard penalty. I did not hear uh, what Macaulay or whatever said, but I know from watching football my whole life, that's you know that, that's a penalty now. You can't do it. So whether it's right or wrong, we get into the same thing with the you know roughing the quarterback. Obviously, a lot of them the, the rules need to be changed, but a rule is a rule, and in this case, it's clear as day you cannot. Take your helmet off to celebrate. So we got everyone's always everyone's always looking for like a conspiracy theory. It just it gets it gets exhausting after a while. Like it was a penalty. There's no there's no you know. And by the way, the kicker still could have made the kick, or he could have made one in overtime, and they still would have won the game. But yeah, right, DJ right, was acting right. like he got caught up in the moment, scoring that touchdown the way that they did, which is embarrassing. The Falcons even let that happen, but scoring that touchdown the way he did, right. he wanted to have his face shown. Look at me, I made this big play, and he got penalized and ended up costing right. his team. We have to do our best bets. Before we do that quickly, um, I, I tweeted out this video today that I've tweeted out many times in the past. Oh, I saw it. I love it. Because November 1st, <laughs> November 1st is the anniversary of um, a Jerry Seinfeld appearance on Larry King where Larry King asked Jerry if he got canceled, if the show Seinfeld got canceled. Now you got to like explain what canceled means because, you know, um, where Larry, Larry, for some reason, asks Jerry if the show Seinfeld got canceled. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing this up, I, so I tweet out the video. It's a hilarious video. Everyone always loves the video. But I'm go, if you, if you want to have a laugh, go to my Twitter mentions of that video because someone in response to that video tweeted a reply to me on it and said, this is the quote, Seinfeld would have been so good if Jerry wasn't on the show. The rest of the cast was hysterical, but Jerry Seinfeld is so annoying. His entitlement is glaring from this interview to blessing the Mets for bringing Timmy Trump into City Field. The dude sucks. And I bring it up for this. Go look at the replies to that guy if you want. He got murdered, you, I'm assuming. Right? He, he's getting murdered by people in my, you know. <laughs> someone's like, oh, you mean let's not have the guy who created this show just go away? So watch what that video is. and read those those replies. It was. I'm going to right. block that guy, even though he probably doesn't follow me or know who I am. I'm blocking him just on uh, the purpose. That video the, is, for, I was driving in, and I, I don't know how. I must have been in traffic or whatever. I saw you tweet it, and I was dying laughing at it. It's, it it's is tremendous. so good. It's so good. Oh, God. Do you know, I, give me a resume in here. The better video, I, if you're looking for a funny video that I tweeted, go to the one Monday, which is the the Curb Your Enthusiasm Halloween one. I think that might be the greatest scene in the history of the show. I saw that one too. It was, was, the, it? was it it's really a it's, a it's a four minute clip, but Twitter only lets me post the two minutes. You have to look at the four full minute one because it starts with him not giving the girls candy after they trick or treat without a costume because he says they're 17. And if you're 17 and you don't have a costume, you shouldn't get candy. They then toilet paper the house and spray paint bald asshole on his door. He calls the <laughs> cops. He says he didn't know it was felony a treat. He thought it was trick or treat. Then the cop is bald. He says bald asshole is a hate crime. The policeman says, well, I'm bald. I don't care. He goes, well, with all due respect, you're not bald. You shave your head. You're cultivating a look. You could probably appreciate that line. Yeah, the whole, the whole scene. It might be the it best scene great. in the history of the show. Oh, God, it was great. <laughs> Those right. two clips, that Jerry clip yeah. with Larry King, that yeah. Larry David, obviously, you get it. And then there's one, there was one from, I don't know, was it? No, it was, 
Andrew Dice Clay with some random like Fox News guy or whatever years ago. Those three clips I love oh, so much. The that Dice one, one where, yeah, where yeah, the guy, yeah. The guy starts going on about you've been canceled, and, and Dice is like, "Where do you get your bleeping information from?" It just, oh my! It walks off the set. Yeah, I love he had like video. twenty curse words in five seconds, and then walked off the set. <laughs> <laughs> there's no fun like that anymore nothing's fun anymore it's so God, sad there's no funny. fun um all right sal alluded to it earlier so let's get to the best bet situation here now i started out six and oh now i'm six and two i had the bills minus 11 monday night against the packers now let me tell you about my monday night i made I made a couple, I, I bet a few teasers and I had the bills in every teaser. So I was fine on that. Everything, I, it was three of them. So that was good to go. I made one bet on the game Monday night outside of the teasers. Over 29 points for the bills. That was my night Monday night wager. They scored oh, wait, 20. Sunday night, no? Sunday night, Sunday night. My yeah, bad, okay, Sunday, no, night, yeah. Sunday night, Sunday night, yeah. So I make one wager Sunday night on that game. Bills over 29 points. They scored 24 at halftime. Now... I fall asleep on my couch at halftime. Okay. No, no offense to the NBC show. No offense <laughs> to the Maria Taylor and Tony Dungy. I fall asleep at halftime. I open my eyes. I'm on the couch. I look at the clock. It's 1 a.m. And I'm groggy. I don't know what I'm doing. So I, I shut the TV off. I go in my room and I go into bed and I go, wait, let me, let me see what the final score was. And I see they finished with 27 oh, God. fucking points. <laughs> what, what? They scored three points in the same. So now I'm like, what the hell is going on here? The next morning, the next morning, I text my buddy, my buddy, Brett, who's a Bills fan, because we had been texting throughout the game. And he had texted me in the second half. He texted. He knew I had that bet. He sent me a text at 1038. It said, well, well, well. And I didn't know what it meant when I saw it because I had been. So the next morning, he must have been trying to push my buttons about. I didn't know what was going on. So the next morning, I texted him. And, he t and I told him I fell asleep. And he tells me Josh Allen threw a pick at like the five-yard line or, or something oh. like that. So I should have covered that game and did not. That's the, the long story is oh, I should have covered. <laughs> so while I'm six and two, it's really like a seven yeah, and one. Yeah, what was your it. best bet last week? I love it. I actually had the Cowboys. And if you remember, I nailed that game saying that that would be the offensive explosion. I always scored a defensive touchdown, but 49 points. That to me was the get right game for Dallas. Now I think they're going to take off anyway. So you're, nice so you're four and four and right. I am six and two. Nice okay. to get back to 500. Now, I'm going to hate myself. I just looked through the games. I don't love a lot this week, and I'm hating myself for doing this because I am disgusted with the Indianapolis Colts and the entire fan base and the organization and anybody, you included, who has ripped Matt Ryan here. He well, deserves he better. He, he deserves he no, shot. He deserves better. You can't say that. It's disrespect on a legend. So It has I nothing to do with respectful. He can't play anymore. I love Matt. Well, how, I mean, he's obviously not the problem. That offensive line stinks. Their coach needs to be fired. They're a disgrace. They can't run the football the way that they used to. But I think the Colts getting five and a half. I don't know what you have it as. I saw yeah, it five, five. I saw five. Yeah, I'll give you five and a half. It's it's too many. It's too many against points. the Patriots. It'll be a, and I hate betting against Belichick. I like the Pats. I thought people were overdoing it with the Jets this week. Anyway, I, I think that's a field goal game. Indianapolis win or lose, and they usually lose. They do play close games. 
I'll think they'll do enough to keep that close to cover the five and a half. I hate myself for it. Go Matty Ice. I love you, but give me the Colts plus five and a half. What I don't like about that pick is Belichick against a rookie who's really just playing in his second game ever. Is It could be a problem. They don't but, throw it anyway. They run the football. Right. Right. Um, and they should have won last week, but that, you know, Heineke throws that unbelievable right. reception to McLaurin. If not, the Colts get a win. They're proving that Matty Ice is done and Ellinger could oh, lead them to victory. God, no way. Watch your mouth. I'm going with the team I just mentioned. I'm going to go with Washington plus three and a half at home against the Vikings. A couple of things on the Vikings. You know, they're winning. You can't fault them for that. They're beating who they had to beat, but you know, they didn't really like blow out Arizona. They beat Miami when Miami had Bridgewater and Thompson and Tua wasn't playing. Uh, the Bears gave them a big fight at home. I think the Commanders are better with Heineke than Wentz. Wentz to me is like Matt Ryan. They're shot. They can't play anymore. Oh. Heineke is better than Wentz. Heineke's given them a jolt. They've won two games in a row with Heineke. And you're getting, I love getting that hook, three and a half at home for the Commanders against the Vikings. I think... Uh, the commander's now on a little roll here. I do love the trade the Vikings made, though, for the tight end from Detroit, Hawkinson. Um, that'll help them for sure. But three and a half at home getting, I like it with the commander. So that's my pick for week All right, nine. trying to end the streak here. I'm trying to catch you. I'm, I'm yeah. two games back right now through eight. All right, we'll see how it goes. And uh, I'm going to watch your tweets, and I'm going to point out which ones you want to get attention with. Well, really, to your point, any tweet, I guess, is begging for attention. But I really don't want it. I tweet because I want to get it out of my system and out there, just like right. I want to do the radio show. Anyway. Right. All right, Sal. Have a good All week. Right. We'll see you next Talk week. You Take later. it easy. All right. All right. My thanks to Jim Nance and Sal Licata. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you did it, give us a subscription. Subscribe to the SI Media Podcast. If you're not a subscriber already, it helps tremendously. And go on Apple and leave a review and a rating, five stars and a review. And uh, it helps a lot. If you missed any recent episodes, John Oran from Sports Business Journal is on last week to discuss sports media news headlines. We had Chris Mad Dog Russo two weeks ago, Dan Lebitard three weeks ago. All those interviews in the archives. Check them out. And once again, subscribe to the SI Media Podcast. All right. We'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Stay safe and take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody. 
and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the wind down tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.